Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with... Akusia Ochi. And coming up over the next 90 minutes, as government's debt exchange program continues to receive opposition from organized groups, we hear from the TUC, which says, Touch not my pensions. Also coming up, the tremor in a crowd that shook not only the earth, but also made residents tremble. And later... On Eyewitness News, NDC youth and women organizers retain their positions at Congress. Is that a sign of what to come at the next Congress of the NDC, which is Saturday? Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business... The Ghana City tipped to further appreciate towards the end of the year. That's in 50 minutes with Netili Neti of the City Business Desk. Eyewitness News is live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations, including in the Western Region on Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi, Sky Power 93.5 FM also in Takradi, in the Bono Region on Greener 95.9 FM in Sunyani, in the Ashanti Region on Focus 94.3 FM in Kumasi and Orange 107.9 FM also in Kumasi. In the Volta Region, we are on Revival 99.3 FM in Tajavu, Cool 103.5 FM in Ho. In the northern region, we are on Radio Bimbila, 91.9 FM. In the upper east region, we are on Tanga, 93.7 FM in Bolga. And in the upper west region, we are on Tunsung, 97.3 FM in Wa. We are also live on Facebook, and uh, you can drop your comments under the Facebook feed that you're watching us from, as we broadcast for you from 97.3 FM studios in Adabraka, in Accra. We are also on WhatsApp and Telegram. The number is 0549 Let's settle for details of our stories now. And the first one has to do with government's program in the financial sector. Yes, the Trades Union Congress has written to the Ministry of Finance to exempt the pension funds of its members from the debt exchange program within a week. The debt exchange program has been rejected and criticized by some institutions and bodies of its structure. Under the program, existed domestic bonds will be exchanged for a set of four new bonds maturing between the years of 2027 and 2037. The annual coupon on all the bonds will be set at 0% in 2023, 5% in 2024, and also 10% from 2025 until maturity. Addressing the press, the Secretary General of TUC, Dr. Yalban, said the group would advise itself if government fails to act on their demand. We have analyzed the debt exchange program and after a thorough analysis of the program and a very extensive discussion among the leadership of TUC and affiliates, we have seen some implications and that is why we are here this afternoon. Our conclusion is very firm, and it is this, that 
the program will negatively affect pension funds of our members and consequently their retirement income security. Already pension is low. And we will have thought that our government will do everything to protect even the small pension that we have. Instead, they are introducing programs inspired by IMF to cut feather pension income. And as we used to say, we no go sit down. Therefore, the Tracy Young Congress and all its affiliate national unions have decided that pension funds of our members will not be part of the domestic debt exchange program. Let me repeat that one. The TUC and all our affiliates have decided, and this is a very firm decision, that the pension funds of our members will not be part of the domestic debt exchange program. So, earlier this morning, we have dispatched a letter to the Minister for Finance, and we are demanding that all pension funds invested in government bonds should be completely exempted from the domestic debt exchange program. We are also demanding in that letter that within one week from today, government should publicly announce that all pension funds, including SNIT, are exempted from the debt exchange program. We have sent notice that if government fails to accede to our demand within one week, we will advise ourselves. Yeah. The letter has been delivered. And I make sure those who took the letter signed. So, comrades, on the debt exchange program, this is our position. It is simple and very clear. And if government refuses to exempt pension funds, including SNAPs, we will advise ourselves. I am sure they understand that. And the red that we are in is enough demonstration that we are not joking. We are not bluffing. You have the Secretary General of Trades Union Congress, Dr. Yao Ba. This eyewitness news on 97.3 CTFM. So, like the um, TUC Secretary General said, there, uh, they have uh, sent that letter to the government and they've made specific demands of government. We've been trying to reach the finance ministry for responses to the comments that have been made specifically on the pensions, uh, which they say should not be tagged. Uh, we've not been successful in getting a response from uh, the government officials, neither um, are we getting any comment on the specific issue by the Ministry of Finance on that subject. So I'm looking at the letter that has been sent to the minister. Uh, it's dated 12 December, and it says Domestic Debt Exchange Program, and this is a letter on the letterhead of the Trade Union Congress, which says we have extensively scrutinized the Domestic Debt Exchange Program, which was launched on 5th December 2022. We have come to a firm conclusion that the program would negatively affect pension funds of our members and consequently their retirement income security. The Trade Union Congress, TUC, and its affiliated national unions have therefore decided that the pension funds of its members will not be part of the domestic debt exchange program. We are by this letter demanding that all pension funds invested in government bonds should be completely 
exempted from the domestic debt exchange program. We further demand that within a week of receiving this letter, government should publicly announce that all pension funds, including SNIT, are exempted from the program. If government fails to accede to this demand, we we'll advise ourselves. So that's the Trade Union Congress's Dr. Yaoban penning that letter addressed to the Minister for uh, Finance. And like I said, we've not heard from the Ministry of Finance. The Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, has issued a circular, circular, it's also related to this particular domestic debt uh, structure that the government is working on. So we've called up someone who understands uh, the banking sector and uh, to help us make sense of the government's general intervention and how that's going to solve the halabaloo around the subject area. Dr. Richmond Etiahini is a banking consultant. Doc, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Uh, thank you very much. Welcome Th- thank, thank you, you for your listeners. Thank you. The Securities and Exchange Commission has come in in what you can describe as in an interventionist move. And that interventionist move, critical amongst them, is where they talk about forbearance. I'm looking at the second page of the SEC statement, and it says, that pursuant to the above, the SEC proposes to support the market with the following release, among others. Regulatory, regulatory capital forbearance for market operators whose capital may be impaired because of the domestic debt exchange program. Can you please help us make sense of this vis-a-vis what the government has said in the past that there's going to be some liquidity support of a sort for banks that are going to be supporting uh, persons involved in this? Thank you very much. I think the forbearance is, regulatory forbearance basically means that if it is in the banking sector, we tell you a capital adequacy ratio is say 13%. It means if you go below it, you have, fall, you have fallen below the limit. So we say that he is giving you the regulatory forbearance so that you can operate with below the accepted level. So that is what the regulatory forbearance basically means. The regulatory will forbear you if you don't comply, say, with your capital adequacy or your liquidity. So that is what they, he would tolerate you. Let me put it this way. Previously, they wouldn't tolerate you when you go below it. But now, looking at the situation that we are in, they give you space so that you can still may not meet it, but you can uh, still operate within the system. So essentially, they are allowing you to lower the bar or they are lowering the bar for yeah, you. Yeah. If you. If you put it that way, I will agree with you that you are lowering the bar. Because the situation that we are in, if you want, if all things be equal, what we call in research, centripus paribus, all things being equal. If all things being equal, some people are not going to meet the limit. Most people, will miss, most organizations won't meet it. So now they're telling you that if you fall within your regulatory capital, you can, we allow you to operate to a certain limit. I so that is what. I see that the SEC is, um is cognizant or it knows that there will be consequence on lowering this bar. And that's why point four zero of their statement, they say that regulatory forbearance not to compromise supervision. Do you think they can really, truly supervise effectively and ensure that standards are met while engaging in this forbearance? That is why he has told you that anything point below certain point, you will not allow it. He's giving you a space that he will tolerate you, but... He will not let you fall below a certain percentage, which I think they've explained it. They made it explicitly in the, in the, in the notice. 
What about the Financial Stability Fund? Because I get the sense that the Financial Stability Fund is for the banks, and then this forbearance is also for the banks, isn't it? Yeah, the Stability Fund, which is the governor said about fifteen billion. I think if you read it all, it's almost for all the institutions that will sign on, including the security and exchange, uh, the investment schemes and the pensions, and it's also the stability is. Cutting not only banks, it's not only for banks, it's for all the players who sign on to the debt exchange. They will be giving you some liquidity support in case you fall below certain. Then the central the stability fund will support you. Okay, now if the stability fund is supporting the, 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 the parties involved or those who are in the market space, and also the regulatory forbearance is also for them, what benefits do bondholders get? Because it appears they are not even mentioned at all. Do you not think that <laughs> government should perhaps uh, mention them specifically I, and say that this will be the support since I'm going to withhold your funds I, I think, for a year? I think your answer is a wonderful uh, question. You have said it all. Because you they anticipate that the, the, the banks or the institutions are going to have a problem. What what are they doing for the individ, individuals? And that's the individual's the one that they have exempted. But what about those in other schemes? In other jurisdictions, like the Jamaica where they have replicated it, they sort of they compensated the pension and the collective schemes. I read it because they were compensated to a certain limit. Because the risk is that if some small people have bought a scheme within a, a project and then you tell them that you're going to wipe off something. You're going to wipe. You're going to make losses. In Jamaica, there was a little support for the the scheme, but here I didn't see it. Or oh, here, all that I saw was the for the institutions, for the institutions. So your question is appropriate, and I think it's very right that you ask the question: What is it for those investors' losses? Because they anticipate a huge losses. That is why they are putting all these liquidity support, the regulatory forbearances. Then the question you ask me is very relevant. How are we going to support the individuals that have lost, uh, make losses? That, that, is, that is the question that we should all be asking. That means then that bondholders are left in the cold, but bond managers are supported or being shored up or propped up by the government. So that's, there's an imbalance there. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. What you're saying is right <laughs> <laughs> the losses incurred by the bondholders are going to suffer. However, the institutions that are players in that institution will be supported. But they are also supported to support, I, I believe they are also supported to support the, the various uh, play, the individuals that have, they have the scheme. But they are not mentioning it direct. But that is, I think that the liquidity support and the the other support they want to do is to ensure that people do not lose so much. But it was not restricted, so we cannot assume that. I'm looking at the Bank of Ghana statement as well. The title is Policy and Regulatory Reliefs for Banks to Address Potential Impacts from Participation in the Government Domestic Debt Exchange. So that's the BOG's focus. SEC says secular uh, market 
Secular to market operators on regulatory support to mitigate impact of government's domestic debt exchange program. So these two regulators are interested in that. Trade Union Congress, the Umbrella Union of Ghanaian Workers, is not happy and is speaking for itself then. And he's saying that government can go ahead, I mean, in not so many ways, but touch not our pensions. What do you make of that proposal or that demand by organized uh, labor? Thank, thank you. Thank you once again. I think the problem that we have is that in the areas like the Jamaica they talked about, there were serious negotiations. There were serious communication. There were serious engagement with all, including the civil society in Jamaica, including the civil society, including the TUC, the TUC or the labor unions. But here, I, I won't say, I don't know whether they were seriously consulted. And also they have what we call constructive dialogue. You know, when you have a constructive dialogue, you come out with figures to support what they are going to do so that every, it will alleviate the fears. As of, as of now, people are talking about we're going to support financial institutions, we're going to support it, but nobody has come out to tell us what is it that we are supporting. <laughs> because those who have it in their sleeves possibly know, but those, those who don't have it, that is why you need to have a constructive dialogue. The word is constructive. Constructive means that. You go to them, you tell them that this is what we're going to do. Please, we want to tell you the risk involved. We want to tell you the ups and downs. You, and then we, we all engage. And when, as you engage, as I've always said, transparency, people will begin to accept what you're doing. That is exactly why, that is exactly what the Jamaicans did and have 99 point, I think 99.2% acceptance. There were not so many resistance as we have in there. So I thought that the only, maybe I won't say flaw, we haven't engaged people constructively to tell them the positive and the negative. And definitely those bondholders are the loss, are the losers. So they should be able to understand what is going to do to the investment. So that is where we have a little problem. Because in other jurisdiction where they did this, it, the 2010 in Jamaica, they were seriously, they, they had 99.2% acceptance. And it went on smoothly. The general refrain from government when it comes to this issue of consultation is that, listen, uh, the bond market is not a public space where you have to go on the streets and the markets, and I'm referring to physical markets and the trotro stations to speak to people, and that there is a specific target group, which is just about some 5% of the total population, and that these target groups are identifiable and they have been dealt with individually. So there will be no need to speak to groups like the TUC, for instance. What's your take on that? Yeah, because people have pensions are there, mutual funds are there. I think you need to meet them. You know, what they did in Jamaica, they met them for a week or two. You sit with the body, discuss the issues, tell him that if I do a day haircut of, say, 20%, it's going to be cost so much. And if I do the extension and reduction of the coupon, it will cost you so, it will cost us so much. And then you weigh the two and they see it physically and they will tell you that, oh, it will, the explanation is good. So let us accept it. But you see, uh, in our part of the world, I think this engagement has not always been well, not been done properly. So people will resist. It may be even be good, but people will start from resistance before they come in. And you know, the, co- the cooperation theory says that the principle of cooperation theory in debt, debt management is that you should engage people 
to understand where you are going and how you're going and how is it going to affect them so that it becomes an acceptable uh, for acceptable norm for everybody now as the government moves ahead with this program which appears to be unpopular considering and counting the number of groups that are opposing it what caution does the government have to take and also what pitfalls are there that should be observed you've already mentioned the construct what, what phrase do you use is it um in, in constructive dialogue fantastic constructive dialogue um what other things should they consider and start dealing with so that they have the success that jamaica had yeah uh to make the work very easy for them they have a, they have hired consultants in foreign land and they've gotten people in ghana i think these people should be sent to these people to speak on it because it's not too late. The closing date is 19. And today is about, I think, is it 11 or 12. From now to, say, next week, we must be able to talk to ourselves. We must be able to talk. You see, we must be able to speak on issues. When I say issues, people should understand where we have gotten ourselves to. And if we don't do what we are doing now, what will be the end point? If you did a chemistry in school, it's called titration. If you don't titrate it very well, we end up, the whole system will collapse. So for me, there is still room for people to speak and bring the issues out so that people's fears will be uh, reduced because it's all about anxiety. You hear this group saying that uh, my pension will go down. You hear this one is going down. Who has gone to them and how are they speaking to them? Are they putting figures down? Are they working their scenarios together? If I do this extension, so so so, zero coupon, five coupon, uh, five years, so so and so, what will be the end point? Then somebody will tell you, if I do a death act with the MPV values on the debt, this is how it's going to happen. When you have these things in front of you, it is easier to talk to people. But if you go narratively, the problem we have in this country, narratively, we talk, 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 talk. But if you present figures back with your talking, people begin to understand the whole issues that you're talking about. Very well. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Doc. Thank you very much, sir. That's Dr. Richard Etiahini. He's a banking consultant. This Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. He believes that there should be constructive dialogue uh, between uh, government and the various stakeholders as it continues with his agenda to implement the debt restructuring uh, program. Let's speak to Joshua Ansan. He's Deputy General, Secretary General of the Trade Union Congress. Uh, Joshua, welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you, my brother. I'm going to take off from where my guest just ended, uh, which has to do with consultations. At what point did TUC officially know of this government's haircut program? Thank you, and good evening to your fellow listeners. No, I did not hear uh, where my other brother ended. He, he was talking uh, about consultation, people. asking that the government should do wide and uh, constructive consultation. Oh, okay. I'm asking. Is that okay? Can you hear me? Yes, he's done. He's not on the line, but that, oh. that's what he was proposing. So I'm asking, oh, yes. as as yes. as a stakeholder in the in the space, when were yes. you approached formally by the government and told about this? No, 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 nobody has approached anybody. We all heard it from the finance minister's speech. Nobody. Not even a single leader was consulted. No one. We all had it from the finance minister. Could it be because you are not directly involved, you are not bondholders, and so there is no need to to discuss anything with you? That is where the calamity 
of the false arms. Because the government should know that when you talk about bond holding, the bond is nothing than people putting their money together and giving it to somebody to buy a bond or to invest in the bond. So they are not a ghost money or something. It is people's money. So if you are going to do something with people's money, I mean, nothing stops you from looking for the people who put their money together to become a bond. So if the government doesn't take a serious that because you are not uh, directly involved, okay, now you are involved. So you are saying that don't touch our money, don't touch our pension, don't take even a special out of our pension. Because if you have a program that you think you can go ahead without consulting us, without engaging us, without informing us and explaining things to us, then don't touch that money. That is what you mean. I see. Th- that, that is quite interesting. The government has said that the program is voluntary, it's not compulsory. Why don't you discuss with those who are holding the bonds in your name so that they negotiate with the government with that plan and decide to what? opt out? You are, you are free to opt out, except that there are consequences like the government warned last week. Okay. But my brother, what is, what is voluntary in this? What is voluntary in this? They should come and, they should come and tell us the voluntarism in, in, in this bond issue. If the government has good intentions about what it's doing for working, if the government took a steal, it should know that if, but for nothing at all, people have uh, pensions in SNIP, people have pensions in second tier, people have pensions in third tier. So no individual can judge. No individual can be singled out, out of this program. So I think that that voluntarism or that volunteer whatever is there, I mean, I don't get it. We, whether it's voluntary or compulsory, we as workers, we are saying that that is our money. Already it is wrong. Already it's nothing to write home about. And I think that government, please, if you have gotten your exchange program, whether it's volunteer or whatever, please don't touch our money. And we are giving the government up to Monday to act to our, 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 our statement today. When you talk about pensions funds, you are referring to what you have been saving with SNIT or you are referring to the second tier pension the funds? The second tier Whatever that's gone in as investment in the bond, they are all saving towards our pension. Finance is part of it, second year is part of it, third year is part of it. Is it your understanding that pensions would not be paid, for instance, next year? Is that, is that, is that what has been communicated to you? Because if that's not the case, then it shouldn't be a problem. If you retired next year or this year, or you've already retired, you can still continue to receive your funds, isn't it? My brother, I mean, I don't see the easy way out of this. It's a program the government is rolling out. I am a, I am a stakeholder. I'm a very important stakeholder in this program. Union workers were not consulted. Government has rolled out the program. Is he now taking the pain in explaining things to people he did not consult? And the program has already been rolled out and you are not explaining to people. I don't think any rational being will, will accept this. So we are saying that, please, as our pension funds, don't touch it. If have any program to do, don't touch our pension funds. But whatever be the understanding or the explanation or whatever, if it's a consequence of that you want to come and consult, that one is up to you. But we are saying that our pensions must not be paid. Whether it's a second tier, third tier, tomorrow pension or whatever. It says pension funds, which are saved in the bond, should not be touched, my brother. Let's talk about other issues that you've taken issue with. Uh, aside the government debt program, you also have challenges with uh, the budget that was delivered by the minister. So you talk, for instance, 
about the issue of taxation. Let me know what TUC's difficulties are with the issue of taxation as announced by the minister. Yes, you are aware, my brother, that this, uh, the VAT has been increased by 2.5%. The VAT has been increased by 2.5%. And you know this VAT is, is a tax that each and every one in this country is supposed to pay. Because whether you are poor or rich, you buy from the market. Whether you are poor or rich, you buy daily. So whenever you buy, you pay uh, VAT on it. So when VAT is increased, it means it has also increased your purchasing power. It's going to affect each and every one. We know that in this time, in this very crisis, this is not a time for taxation to be increased. This is the time for Georgia and World War to come so that people can have a space in their living conditions. We are still taking our old, 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 old income and we are adding up uh, 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 more uh, uh, taxation to it. So that is the negative impact we think that it will have on workers and we are talking about it. We think that taxation at this time should be, should be, should be very minimal or we are going for an IMF program and we do know what the yeah. consequences are whenever we go for those programs. Key amongst mm-hmm. them, job or employment freeze. You're also having mm-hmm. a challenge with that and you're, you're calling on the government not to abide. That would be difficult. Difficult for the workers or difficult for the government? Difficult, for, for, the, difficult for the government to continue to employ when the IMF says no. Uh, but even the IMF program is actually not to employ. It says that when they go, when they back on the IMF program, there should be an employment freeze for 2023. Is that not what the, the budget is saying? Yes. And they are saying that before, before the, before Ghana went to this IMF, I want to make it plain and clear that TUC has never supported any IMF program since its inception. They have gone to IMF for 18 or 19 times. And these are the issues you raised. These are the reflex you raised before government went into this IMF. The team came to TUC Hall to meet to that. And when we met, these are the three main issues we talked about. We talked about, we know that you IMF people, once you are coming to Ghana, you are coming to talk about employment freeze and wage freeze. We spoke about this thing that this time around, we are not going to allow them to do that. And lo and behold, that is what is coming on our head. But what, what, what options are there? If they don't do that, the program won't happen. If the program doesn't happen, there will be no credibility, will be crowded out, and will be doomed. We will crash as a country. My brother, we are workers. We are workers. You know, we are, uh, we are, we are contributing to the socioeconomic development of the country. We are workers. And we are put people there to manage the country for us. And we are managing and we are also working. So how can we, how can we be now, how can now, how can now, uh, workers in this country become the, the cause of, 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 of the program government to embark on? Who caused this, who caused this mess for us to go to Ireland? Well, we cannot cry over spilled milk. We have to move forward. And so moving forward means taking the hard decisions. And that's what the government says. And in fact, the minister has announced some hard decisions that government appointees would also be taking, including uh, slashes in Which fuel are, coupons, uh, travel using uh, saloon cars instead of V8 in Accra, especially unless for cross-country purposes and so on. Master, if you read our statement very clearly, we have said that government should downsize, to reduce the number of ministers, to reduce the size of government. That is, that is that's a very big saving. Then fuel coupon and what, 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 how much is it going to, are you going to realize in that? How much are you going to realize? He said people have, they should reduce their salary by 30%.
If they should reduce by 30 percent, what stops you from reducing them entirely? How can a small country like this have three ministers, three deputy ministers, and so on and so forth? Mr. Government, show a clear example of yeah, that uh, commitment that yes, we all we all mean business to reduce the 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 the, 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 the expenditure of this country. I mean, government is not doing that, and we are saying that uh, we have reduced work coupon and so on and so forth. So the harsh measures or the harsh decisions government has to take is for us to suffer in our pensions or something. I don't think that is the way out. Let's talk about there the... are a lot of leakages in collecting taxes. Let's just the block block that loophole and you can realize uh, the variation in the heavy taxes in this very country. Let's... We have suggested so many so many uh, uh, proposals in our previous statement to government. But we don't see that seriously doing those kind of things. Property tax. How many people pay property tax in this country? There are so many people who have the offices in their cars and their backs. Do they pay taxes? So the, 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 the obedient ones, the, the truthful Ghanaians, the committed ones who always pay taxes like us, like the people who are working permanently, who pay taxes are the people who will be taxed, 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 taxed. Tax. One day you all break down and fall. So you have suggested so many, so many, so many uh, uh, proposals to the government, my brother. And we think that taxing those of us who pay taxes every day will not solve the problem. Let us all be committed to what we say. That we are, we are, we are, we are, we are now parting away that will save this country from a mess. Let us all be committed to it. Not that some people will be losing their bills and some bills will be increased. I don't think that is the way forward. And for us as poor workers and cash, I think, that, I think we are not being treated fairly. In conclusion, you say you have a plan of action. Would that include a strike? Because a lot of the times that's yeah, what so organized that. labor has 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 at this disposal. Now, having said you have, I'm just saying that you have a plan of action. Would that include a mass action? I will ask you to wait. When they get to the bridge, you call there. Thank you so much for speaking to us. We'll be waiting by the bridge for you. Yes, the bridge. Let the bridge is very strongly because it's a <laughs> That's just, you you all, no problem. All the best. That's Joshua. That's Joshua Ansa, his deputy secretary general of the Trade Union Congress TUC. Let me also say that I inadvertently said uh, Dr. Richard Etiahini when I was introducing my earlier guest. is rather Richmond, Dr. Richmond Etiahini, who is a banking consultant. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. My name here with. Um, and while we talk about that, uh, there are several views that have been shared on this issue of the debt exchange. There's a story on citynewsroom.com that I should just draw your attention to. And it says, unilateral debt exchange would destroy Ghana's credibility. That's Togbi Afede. And it says, the Agbogomefia of the Asogli State, Togbi Afede, the 8th, um, says the unilateral debt exchange program announced by the, the 14th, not the 8th, the 14th, says the unilateral debt exchange program announced by the government is a wrong response to the current economic mess. The investment banker in a 14-page opinion piece said the debt exchange program would destroy Ghana's credibility and undermine the progress, quote-unquote, we have made in the development of our capital market. It, quote, he says, in the short term, we must get a response to the current debt crisis right. The unilateral domestic debt exchange announced is a wrong response that would destroy our credibility as a country and undermine the progress we have made in the development of our capital market, especially the debt market, and set us back several years, unquote. Pass of Togbi Afede's opinion piece read. The former president of the National House of Chiefs also added that a combination of bad monetary policies, a lack of proper planning, cronyism, 
and tribalism are the causes of the country's economic malaise. He said, Look, looking at the various natural resources available to Ghana, the country should not be going through the current economic crisis. Another quote, Understanding our difficulties is the first step in the search for solutions. Our chaotic economic situation is a product of a toxic mix of, among others, our dishonesty, partisanship, cronyism, and tribalism, greed-fueled corruption, lack of proper planning, and a consequent episodic approach to economic management and bad monetary policy that has indexed our future to the past. The situation is worsened by our attitudes and beliefs and by a constitution that has outlived its usefulness, unquote. The CEO of House of Oak also described the government's claim of no haircut in debt exchange program as a mockery. He said a reduction in promised coupons amounted to haircuts. Quote, we are now faced with questions about debt sustainability and our ability to find the fiscal space to fund urgent and critical development needs. Now the fears about Ghanaians or Ghana defaulting on its debt repayment have effectively materialized with the announcement of a domestic debt exchange program. And we are making a mockery of ourselves talking no haircuts when what is exactly the effect of a reduction, uh, when that is exactly the effect of a reduction in promised coupon payments. Toby Afede also admonished the government to increase taxes on high income earners, companies and properties as part of revenue generation measures. He also asked the government to introduce taxes on income from tax-exempt government domestic bills and bond investments, immediate reintroduction of road tools at much higher rates than they were in the past. So you can read more when you go to citynewsroom.com. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And we'll return with more. Please stay. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag Eyewitness News. Welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF and broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. Let's talk about labor agitations now, shall we? Yes. The academic activities have resumed at the Accra Technical University following the suspension of the strike by Technical University Teachers Association of Ghana. Tutag on November 18 declared an industrial action to press on their demand for off-campus and vehicle allowances and improved conditions of service. But the association in a statement called out a strike on November 10 after reaching an agreement with government. Tutag ATU Chairman Hansen Ubri Yebois tells Citinus lecturers are back and supervising project work or students among others. Our strike has been suspended, subject to further negotiations with government. And as you can see, um, my lecturers are back to campus to continue with their academic works. Mm. Well, we understand that the students are on break, so how is that working? Yeah, it's working out because we have other things aside teaching. You know, project supervision is going on, faculty board meetings are going on, academic board meetings are going on. And we are preparing the students also for graduation and other things. So... Other academic activities are going on as we speak. But have you been able to speak to the SRC? I mean, to conscientize the students that, well, you're back, so they should come back to school and all that, like for those who need your services? Sure, sure, sure. We, they are key stakeholders in all these things. So we've, nego- we've spoken to them and we've sent them notice that we are back so all other issues can be solved. Mm. But, but 
are your members happy with where you've got into with regard to the negotiations oh sure sure it's a milestone i mean trust me uh talking about conditional service nothing's more important than that and once we've signed to that i think it's it's, it's a milestone it's a key milestone and we say thanks to god on that so that was the TUTAG ATU chairman, Hansen Obriye, who was speaking to City News' Kweku Idriyama Ansa. Meanwhile, the leadership of TUTAG have been speaking. Well, they say that they expect the government to address the concerns of its members after the union suspended the strike. The government has shown some commitment. Yes, uh, we uh, embark on the strike action demanding three major issues. The first one has to do with our uh, IGF-related condition of service. No, the negotiation had been done, everything was ready. We were just waiting for um, the Ministry uh, for Finance um, to actually give the approval to have to give effect to uh, the condition of service. But there was some feed dragging, uh, probably because we... Uh, there was some disagreement with the effective date. So the negotiation and then the NLC's ruling actually clarified the issues. And then government uh, no, saw the reason to approve the IGF-related conditions of service for us. So that has been done. The second issue um, had to do with the off-campus and the third one, the car maintenance allowances. So, so that is where we are. We have been very considerate and we have been very accommodating because we think about Ghana, we think about our students, and we think about the progress of this nation. Professor Collins Ameo is the president of Technical University Teachers Association of Ghana. Let's move away from the labor front because residents in parts of Accra experienced an earth tremor on Monday morning. The vibration lasted for just a few seconds. Well, this is not the first time a tremor has occurred in the uh, region and also in parts of the country. Some residents of Weja and Kaswa have been speaking to City News on their experiences. What kind of uh, vibration this morning? Yeah, I felt it. It was a sudden one. I was in the room. So I was asking my children, what is that? What is the noise, that vibration? But they were saying, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. But I felt the thing on the ground. Okay, did you have items in your room shaking? The, the, the top of the ceiling, the building was, it was shaking. Okay, how intense was it? Not too much force, but there was a shake. It was vibrating. Okay. A sudden about, one, yeah. For about how many seconds? A few seconds. Okay, so are you aware that um, this place falls under the earthquake fault line? No. Oh, okay. Thank you. But since we came here, it, it normally happens. Okay. It, 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 it can happen sometimes in the evening. So um, is this your first time experiencing something of that nature? Yeah, since I came here, this is my first time. This is your first time? Yeah. Okay. Madam, have you ever heard um, or were you aware that um, some of these areas fall under the earthquake fault zone? No. For here, as for here, no. Mm, okay. 
you will you are not aware you haven't heard that conversation at all yeah okay so how did you feel hearing it and learning that it's an atrium okay when he said it was an earthquake I wasn't, I was feeling normal because it doesn't last for long. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Sir. Please name again. My name is Vespan Bede. So those were some residents at Kaswa and Weija giving us a feel of their experiences with the uh, earth tremor that happened earlier today. Meanwhile, the Ghana Geological Survey Authority has asked the public not to panic because the magnitude doesn't call for a worry. Addressing the press, Acting Director General Isaac Mwembele noted that Ghanaians should take precautions in times of such events. These big signals transmit them to the National Observatory, which is located at Chimota. But what they report is the instant movement. So it does not give you uh, room for you to predict and say that today, at this time, there will be such an event. Even if it will give you a trigger, it comes a few seconds before the event, in which case there's virtually very little response that you can give. And as I said, because there are natural occurrences, it's difficult to predict them. Just like floods, you cannot predict that today there will be a flood. So that is how these uh, f are like. As to what people should be doing is for them to be educated on their response if such uh, events occur. If you are in your office, if you are in your house and the air shakes, what should you do? The first thing if you are in an office is to go under a table or your chair. If you're in your house, if you have side things, you go there, or you you move out to an open space so that should there be any structural failures, you are not affected. Sometimes you may also find yourself on an overhead bridge, either a flyover or something. It is advised that you immediately get off the bridge so that if that bridge collapses, then you would be safe. And the basic education... We collaborate with NATMO to do sensitization of various uh, uh, stakeholders and institutions on the response when such things occur. And that is what the authorities do. Are we prepared as a country? We've seen devastation calls in Korea, I mean, other countries where earthquake has really hit them mm. so hard. Is it possible that Ghana can also withstand such shocks should we experience any earthquake in the near future? From where the authority sits, it is difficult because even the act of the authority mandates that before you put up some structures, that we should conduct geotechnical investigations to advise you on the kind of foundation that you should use for your structure. But currently that is not being done. You find all kinds of high-rise buildings that are being constructed without the authority's involvement. Going forward, we are going to engage the municipal assemblies, district assemblies, and all the people who are responsible for uh, structures, that when these things are coming up, they should involve us so that we can advise as to where to look, uh, site these buildings, or the kind of foundation that they should be used. Site that when these occur, 
then we would be able to uh, contain this kind of thing. But currently, I'm afraid to say it might not be the case. Isaac Mwembele is the acting director general of the Ghana Geological Survey Authority. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get into the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netelinete Ajahu. Let's settle for the details now. The recent improvement in the value of the CD against the dollar is expected to be sustained for the rest of the year. This is according to currency analyst Karaj Buti. The CD, which started the year at 6 CDs 50 pesos, is now trading at 12 CDs 50 pesos against the dollar. Ghana's economy has been going through turbulent times since the beginning of the year as it is plagued with a number of challenges which have resulted in high cost of living, resulting from the hike in fuel prices and the depreciation of the city against major trading currencies, especially the dollar. Karaj Buti spoke to City Business News on the recent improvement of the city and how it is likely to end the year. So naturally with clarity on debt treatment following the budget where we thought okay, there was going to be a debt exchange and finally the announcement of the details of that exchange. Uh, and of course, the Bank of Ghana also responded within that period with some regulatory tightening, some resolve to inject liquidity on the market to even our volatility until an IMF program is achieved. And then of course, the talk about gold for oil and all of those. So it, it appears that I'll look for um exchange rate is quite improved now and then giving the clarity now for debt exchange uh, and all of that the city has regained some stability and for the speculators stability is the trigger to start taking profit so you realize that they'll start selling at the currently higher rate so that they can make the profit they intend to make and that sales is what is improving supply on the market and underpinning that appreciating run and I think with the debt restructuring announced now, what the trigger would have been is that if people are able to sell their bonds and exit their GOG bond position, then that would have fed into maybe those monies going into demanding some effects or repatriation of David, uh, um, interest income and all of that for the foreigners. Because I do not expect the CD to fall or to appreciate be, uh, above maybe 10 CD to a dollar uh, by end of year. It could still get stronger, but probably uh, would stabilize just around the low 12 or mid 11 CD to a dollar level by end of year. That was a currency analyst, Karaj Buti. The Security and Exchange Commission, SEC, has announced measures to reduce the impact of the debt exchange program on institutions under its supervision. As part of measures, SEC says it will support the market by providing regulatory capital forbearance for market operators whose capital may be impaired because of the domestic debt exchange program. Mm -hmm. It further adds that it will help institutions which participate in the domestic debt exchange program, which requires some forbearance regarding full compliance to certain regulatory requirements. Moving on, the Vehicle and Asset Dealers Association of Ghana has expressed concern over the seizure of some 300 cars belonging to its members through a joint operation by the Economic and Organized Crime Office, the Ghana Police Service, and the Ghana Revenue Authority. According to the association, the exercise, which was carried out on the 9th of December 2022, 
saw the security forces storming the premises of members and confiscating the vehicles, which ranged between $20,000 and $120,000. Speaking at a press conference organized on the issue earlier today, the Secretary of the Association, Clifford Anson, described the development as unfortunate, particularly when the duties on these vehicles had been duly paid. He therefore called on the authorities to ensure the cars are returned immediately. The way and manner the exercise was conducted has scared most of our suppliers and buyers as well. We urge upon the relevant authorities of the Republic to act quickly to forestall any appeal. We are on this note calling on the President, His Excellency Nana Arudanko Akufuado, and the Vice President, His Excellency Dr. Mangu Baumia, who is the chairman of the National Police Council to call on the Yoko boss to order. If anything at all, they should exercise a bit of caution in the implementation of this policy or a directive. This will restore confidence and hope of the general public in law enforcement. We don't want any situation where some people would take advantage to do all kinds of things. Christmas is less than two weeks away. The timing of this exercise is therefore absolutely wrong. We want every individual in this country, particularly the government of the day, to understand that the timing of this exercise and the policy implementation is totally wrong. Clifford Ansu is the Secretary of the Vehicle and Asset Dealers Association of Ghana. The Ghana Mine Workers Union is urging government to renegotiate all existing contracts in the mining sector to ensure the nation's stake in the industry is significantly increased. This, according to the union, will create greater value for the citizens, reduce funds repatriated out of the country from the sector, and help stabilize the economy. Speaking during the union's National Executive Council meeting in Accra, the General Secretary of the, of the group, Abdul Momin Bana, expressed concern that the sector was heavily dominated by foreign interests who own over 99% of companies in the industry. The only source of revenue depends on revenue generated from mining companies in the country through taxes and royalties levied on revenue generated from production. In fact, our dividend payment, the least said about it, the better, as the so-called 10% government carrying interest only exists on the books, as many of these companies scarcely declared any dividends. And in a few instances where some do, government's share has been a minute fraction. Considering the general physical giveaways and attached on them, excessive repatriation of mining revenues by multinational businesses, signing of stability and development agreements with very concessionary rates, continues to deny Ghana its fair share of revenue under the so-called tax royalty fiscal regime. We believe that the time has come for this narrative to change and not to change quite swiftly. And to change, however, would require a change in the ownership structure of mineral assets. And this will mean shifting from the age-long comfort zone of over-dependence and reliance on the tax royalty regime to active participation and control of production by renegotiating or negotiating a much greater stake in these mining companies in order to create and retain the needed value for the people of Ghana. He further added that, despite the current trend, more than 95% of workers within the sector are Ghanaians, hence the need for government to commit to improving the narrative. In fact, as a union, we have advocated over the years for the full and active participation of indigenous Ghanaian businesses within the mining space with a clear plan to grow their capacities 
so that they can compete. We believe the intervening role of government, whether through its own direct participation in the sector or through the use of Ghanaian local businesses, is a critical step towards changing this narrative from a tax royalty regime to creating and retaining additional value through active participation and control of production within the sector. To reverse this cyclical narrative of a rising fiscal stress and public debt on African countries, including Ghana, as a result of our inability to add value to our mineral resources and our natural resources for that matter, as a more sustainable alternative, it is urgently imperative to halt the exportation of our raw materials and begin to add value. And this we believe it can be done by ensuring the full and effective implementation this very progressive policy of the African mining vision. Abdul Mumin Bana is the General Secretary of the Ghana Mine Workers Union. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News. It was powered by your most comprehensive business website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netelinete Ajaho. Up next is Point Blank. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sandama. Tonight on Point Blank, we're discussing the National Democratic Congress. The party was at the polls this weekend to elect women and youth leaders. This weekend, it will be electing other national offices. In studio tonight, I have someone who served as a Deputy General Secretary of the party, NDC, Graduated to become national organizer of the NDC, went to be parliamentary candidate of the NDC, and told the people of Boem to vote for him. And today he is a man representing the people of Boem in the OT region. Kofi Adams is my guest. You're welcome. Thank you, Sander. How are you doing? Well, we can't complain. We wish you could be better, but when you have a government that don't listen, that don't care, that just does things anyhow, we will continue to be in this, this state. But... We continue to pray to God for life. That's very rich coming from someone who is from the stock of a party whose leader said he's a dead good. Well, you can't be talking about people not listening. Well, you would you would observe that if he said he was a dead good, then now you have a buried good. <laughs> <laughs> you have a completely buried good. It's worse if it's than... Not, if he's not decomposed. Are you sure it's worse than... He well, listens. If he listens where? If he listens, do you think that in these very difficult times, after refusing to listen, he will be allocating money to a cathedral? You'll be allocating eighty million. It's a, it's a to priority a, to a of priorities. Priority of priorities. At the time, you cannot even pay capitation grant for kids. At the time, kids are being given food that sometimes don't even have salt in it, just because we are not paying the the the, the caterers. At the time, your own party people you've recruited are caterers are demonstrating all over and everywhere. 
what you will be setting aside money to do is to say cathedral. A cathedral that will never even be completed almost immediately to bring you any benefit. It's not even a factory to process cocoa. It's not a factory to process tomatoes. It's not a factory to process uh, uh, mangoes or oranges. That you think that it will bring you some returns immediately as the NDC did. Telling us that that's what that's priority. They said there will be returns. They talk about what your former boss Jerry Rollins did with the National Theatre. Today we are reaping the benefits. You National see, Theatre appears to be the only event ground we have apart from n- the conference center. Nobody is denying the fact mm-hmm. that a cathedral will bring in some returns, but you don't build it at the time you are not able to meet all the things that needs meeting. You and can you o- don't you, also. You, you, you don't also. Mm-hmm. You don't also. Mm-hmm. Use public resources in the way that you've done, especially when you promise that it is the churches that are going to mobilize the resources to do so. Again, you don't pull down buildings, some of which were less than one year old, to build a cathedral in an already concentrated area. Omar Osanda, how do you build a cathedral where you have the nice international conference center, the forecourt of state house and parliament? the Accra Sports Stadium, and of course you mentioned the National Theatre. All these huge institutions are already there, causing a lot of traffic. Anytime you are using one or two centers for activity, people cannot apply there. You go and build a cathedral there. Can you imagine if you are using International Conference Center? You can't do anything in that cathedral. If you are using the forecourt of State House for anything, you can't use that cathedral. We can create alternative rules. So you are going to pull down more buildings. Now one of the companies have taken the Lands Commission to court that they have not been able to pay their about $4.7 million uh, or so. See, this government, its priority is a waste. The, the NDC invested in Atuabo gas. Today, for every year, it is saving us $350 million or so in importation of gas to power our uh, 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 power plants to generate electricity. Those are the things that you should be... If you were investing in another gas processing facility, people would not be complaining because they know that the returns will be immediate. When this government plans something and predicts something, look the other way. What did they tell you that ELV was going to bring? Did they tell you it was going to bring between 6 to 7 billion in your uh, post-sabotage Ghana City? How did we sabotage Didn't they pass it? Did they not push it through? How much did the levy bring? So if they are sitting here and telling you that cathedral will bring this number of tourists because Africa is this, you have you have imported a stone. If I want to see a stone, I would rather go to, go to Israel. Who says somebody will come to visit your imported stone and created garden? With the cathedral, there will be no need to travel to Israel. Just in Accra, the cathedral will answer uh, all your questions about Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Nazareth, and everything, unquote. That's the Ochihini Osaji for Amoitia for But do you believe this? That, that it's like telling somebody that, look, you don't need because they've brought a stone from America, you don't need to go to America, and that the, the stone here will answer your everything. How can that be? What are they going to, what are they going to bring here that makes you think that you don't need to go to Israel, mm. or you don't need to go travel to Jerusalem mm. to go and witness the real situation? Why do people talk about, uh, how do they describe it? Uh, something that is not original. Mm, counterfeit. Maybe fake. counterfeit, fake, and then, mm. and then the original. How mm. can you tell me that? Because you have brought a stone, so Interior. Israel has come here, or Jerusalem is here. You attempted to remove the man whose job 
it was to give money for the building of that project, using that project as one of the reasons you want to remove it. You failed, Porto. Well, but it is still on him. It doesn't. The fact that the the motion was not successful doesn't mean that the issues raised were not germane and issues that should be considered. The only thing we failed to meet was that the threshold. We didn't meet the threshold. We didn't meet the threshold because when it came to that very important point, the MPP as a party and its members of parliament chose their party and themselves over Ghana. The issues they themselves have complained about, that this person is not the most appropriate person, this person is not qualified to manage the finances of the state. When it got to the most critical point that we needed them to stand with Ghana, they chose their individual benefits over that of their constituents who had informed them that take this step when you come in for the third meeting of the parliament. They failed, hopefully, to do so. Maybe you failed to do your negotiations with well, them. Well, we so did, we did everything. Why? Didn't you hear them announce press conferences? Didn't you hear them come back to even state their position again that, oh, we are back to our uh, previous position, which we, 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 we held on the 25th of October before meeting His Excellency the President and so on and so forth. Didn't you hear them? What mm. happened? Mm. Finally, they packed their things together with their majority leader to work out on Ghanaians. That's what they did. This is Point Blanc on Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sandamado. My guest is Kofi Adams. He's member of parliament for BUEM and a former national organizer of the NDC, where we actually are going to move to now. You miss being organizer, having observed, you were in Cape because you're observing the elections. You would have been busily involved in all these coming up, uh, upcoming elections. You miss being organizer. Omaro, if there's any position I truly miss being, is my branch chairman position. That's okay. one of my celebrated positions. I always remind people that I was a branch chairman before, and that's where the foundation of the party. I love that position so much, and I have held positions at all levels of the party, but I still recollect the memories, the joy of serving as a branch chairman. So I salute my many branch executives, especially the chairman mm -hmm. out there, that consider yourself as holding the most critical position of the party, branch chairman, branch executive, because that is where all action is. Whether a president is, 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 is gotten, or an MP position is gotten, it all emanates from the brand. And so, so that's a you the critical position. Let, let's talk about your party. So you went to the polls across the country for regional executives. Let's talk about the greater Accra region. Yeah. Joseph Adekoka has been there for more than a decade. Yeah, sure. He has been uprooted. What does that mean to your regional well, operations? You see, it's and, not and the so fact that easy. he doesn't sound like he wants to cooperate. At least when I interviewed him, he didn't sound like he was going to cooperate with well, Ashimo. I don't know the time you interviewed him. When people have been there, like you said, have been there for such a long time, and they lose a position they were still interested in serving. Uh, we manage situations differently. And so <coughs> if the interview came almost immediately, sometimes people say things that they wish later they have never really altered. So I believe if you should engage Chairman Adekoka again today, he, would, he may be telling you something. Don't forget, Chairman Adekoka defeated Chairman Danianan, mm -hmm. who was the regional chairman and won the 2008 elections for us. And he defeated him in 2009. So a year after uh, we won the elections with Chairman Daniana as chairman, 
he defeated him. Chairman Daniana went ahead to contest for national vice chairmanship, which he won. And I don't think that he expressed any bitterness that I worked as a chairman and won and you took me out. So I expect same cooperation to come from Chairman Adekoka to Chairman You, you, uh, you do not Ashimon. think that your region is endangered or is in danger because Adekoka has his battalion still there as a team that he was working with and we know that this team was loyal to him. Ashimo has been fixed as a head on top of a, an Adekoka team. There's going to be a problem, you don't see? Well, every member of the Ade team is a member of the NDC. So it is just... The, the conductor that has been changed. That becomes a but problem. The all tune, the passengers and the, the tune and the tune, the tune and the tune and everything is 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 it is, is, is still there. And I believe that it will not change so much. That is why I always tell people that for me, parties when parties win, you tend to hear individuals trying to claim credit. Oh, I did this. Oh, I was in the strong room. Oh, I did this. Yes, it is true that the mistake of one person can cause us an election. But one person cannot make us win an election. So no single party member should think that only general secretary or only chairman or only organizer can win us an election. Even if, that Even if you are the best coalition officer mm -hmm. and people don't work well at the polling stations, People don't work well at the constituencies. You will not get any correct results to be able to collate. If, even if Adekoka in this instance has a huge influence at the regional level. And I'm saying that whatever influence it is that he, he has, influences the executives. Ade has not ceased being a party member. Mm. And Chairman Ashimo understands that Adekoka has been there from uh, the, the December the, uh, the 2009 till the uh, uh, was it <coughs> november or so 2022 so he must understand that he has run things for a very long time so if you are taking over you need to have a way of what related he understand that chairman ashimo understands that he still has lieutenants who work with chairman ade around and so they will they will let him know some of the steps he needs to take the regional organizer is still there the regional secretary is still there the deputy secretary has been there for quite a long time the uh, deputy organizer has been there for some time so a number of the officers have been there for for some time and i don't think that that we are all there to guide and we'll continue to guide for the best outcomes let's move from greater accra to the central region, but focus on your women and youth organizers. Both won. So Hanabisio has been retained. Um, um, Pablo has been retained. Except that there appear to have been some campaign against Pablo and he has gone ahead to win. And that campaign appears to have been spearheaded by the communications officer of the party, Sami Jinfi. I can't prove that, but there are lots of speculations that Sami Jinfi has been fighting Pablo for that position. That would leave your party wounded again, where you have a youth organizer who is a loggerhead with a communications officer. First and foremost, nothing stops any party member from campaigning for any person contest. Not a national officer. There's nothing national from campaigning for anybody. Okay. But once we open nominations for positions, it means all those positions are what? Vacant. And any other person can contest for. The only thing that will bar is when you are going for like flag bearership mm -hmm. or you are going for parliamentary candidates it bars officers of the party from making public their choices because that's a different type of election okay but for party executive position whoever you want to support you are at liberty 
to do so. Once you are prepared that if your person doesn't win and another person won, you would have to work with that person. If you fail to do so and you do anything that the party finds as undermining, then you know that they are disciplinary codes. There are processes that will take you through. So, Comrade Sami Jemfi had his right to support any of the uh, uh, two persons contested. On this occasion, he chose to be uh, Broja Jemfi. Mm-hmm. He was unsuccessful at it in terms of winning. That doesn't mean that... They, there will uh, be a boardroom problem for you. Well, that is why officers get oriented. Part of the activities that you take them through is how they can put behind them activities leading to the elections and realize that they have a bigger tax ahead of them. All of them went around campaigning and saying they want to lead for us to be able to win the general elections. You cannot lead to win the general elections if you spend time fighting at boardrooms. And so that orientation would happen. Officers would have to learn to work with each other and be able to move them. You are a former national organizer. If a national youth organizer is being challenged by no less a person than a colleague national officer, that is a problem. It means and that I'm, there's a, div- there's a challenge I'm, at your youth. I'm saying them. that, no, there wasn't any challenge. It was a matter of choice. He chose some people. It's not that, that he realized that I, the youth wing was I weak. I don't think that it was a choice. He's yeah, had, by choice. And I'm saying that, a choice, feeling that a choice feeling that, yes, mm-hmm. that this person could do the job better. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we assembled delegates who had delegated authority from their various constituencies and institutions. Mm -hmm. They decided otherwise. The contest was quite close, so it can tell you that the the thinking of persons who supported Comrade Broja Jemfi was not far from what uh, correct. So what it means is that is the situation for the winner, my. young brother Pablo, to realize that he has done well. That is why they have uh, uh, retained him as a youth organizer. But he has to work harder to engender the confidence of the 507 who voted for the uh, alternate uh, candidate. I I have seen a post on Facebook. I have not independently verified it, but it appears Broja Jemfi says the election is not over. He feels he's been cheated. Have you seen that? As far as as we are concerned as a party, the elections for the youth leadership is over. If he had any issues that he wants to raise, there are appropriate uh, uh, courtesies that he can do so. But we know that as a party, we have conducted a conference for our women's leadership and youth leadership. We have concluded that that for us as a party is now history we are waiting to swear them in on saturday when we finish the elections of all other uh, officers but if any individual feels that there are any issues that he want to raise i don't understand what it means by it is not over but if the issues get raised we will look into them the delegates at cape coast will not be voting this weekend however the people who supported Broja jenvi against pablo are always there and now that Pablo has won, those who supported Pablo, and I'm referring to national officers, they would also be targeted by Pablo supporters. Well, over 70 to 75% of the delegates who voted in Cape Coast will be voting this weekend. Oh, so they are the same people. Indeed, yes. Not this, Almost. Apart from one other youth from each of the constituencies, mm-hmm. and then the team presidents from all the team institutions, and then the who comes from all the team institutions, mm-hmm. all other delegates will be voting at uh, 
this weekend's okay. Congress again. Now, if these people go to vent their spleen against uh, Sami Jemfi, then you have a challenge there. How would, why would they be vent? Uh, uh, because he didn't support their person. But wh- why? They knew that it wasn't compulsory for their person to be supported by everybody. Otherwise, the party would not have opened nominations. The party would have just said that we are sending Comrade Pablo and no, no contest. The party knows that a tenure has ended. And the youth organizer, they knew that his tenure has ended. That mm. was why he picked forms. Mm. That was why he fought. That was why he went around to campaign. So they know that every time people will have choices to make. So you, you are not worried at all that there will be bad blood? I don't, think, I don't think there will be bad blood. You don't I think don't so? Think and it will not have any blood. consequence on your opposition party? I don't, I don't think that. What you don't want is executive working against well, executive. You remember the 2005 NDC Congress mm-hmm. in Kuforidia? Yes. It was the situation was so serious. It was national. It led to it led to some the, a former national chairman, a former acting general secretary, the former national women organizer, and a number of persons leaving to go and form a whole political mm. party. Mm. But it did not affect the prosecution of our party activities, leading to victory in two thousand and. Your friends, the New Patriotic Party, issued a statement under the signature of Salam Mustafa, he's a national youth organizer, and he's saying. They are condemning the violence that was recorded at your conference. You people went and engaged in violence while uh, you were electing uh, your leaders. Uh, Sander, yes. it's quite clear that mm. when you assemble over 2,000 delegates mm. and almost about 300 observers, misunderstanding will occur. Just like in a way that even a family, you and your wife, mm. that said, I do. And you are together. Sometimes you have misunderstanding. Let alone bringing delegates from different regions, from different backgrounds together in a room for more than uh, uh, 24 hours. You expect some kind of misunderstanding. But the misunderstanding that we saw didn't even happen within the conference room. It was something that happened outside. It was still and, violence. And, and it was explained that because of continuous delay, you know campaigning will be happening. But we condemned it. We had condemned it even before the MPP would issue this. Have they been able to condemn very serious incidents that happened in their conference, sometimes leading to loss of lives? No. An election but, that you scheduled for the morning was conducted way after evening. Well, because we had legal issues to deal with. Because they said you were trying to manipulate the no, registers. No, so we were not, that was not that the, the case. Electoral process I think was flawed. that was not the case. You had, I had agreed so with there was you. chaos, there was conflict. No, there was no I had agreed with you that there were one or two issues that maybe we could have done uh, better. But even in that circumstance, I want to advise my party members and colleagues that resort to court should be the last thing that you should do when it comes to party matters. Really? When you're, we you're try, not democratic? No, we are. That's why I'm saying we have democratic structures to dealing with matters that mm. happen within the party. You see, what happened on Saturday was that having resolved the issue, now we had a problem with the Electoral Commission accepting our resolution. That became because a court has given some orders. So we needed to now go extra man to get the plaintiffs, to get them with their identity cards, to be identified by the EC officials, for them to write an undertaking which must be shared with the legal officers of the EC, for them to have clarity that the issue as determined by a court, there was no way the people were going to go uh, uh, go there again. And if they conducted the elections, no uh, contempt, uh, contempt will arise. Let's move to this Saturday. You have national elections coming up. Why are you having your general secretary of 17 years standing going against your chairman who has grown from the grassroots all the way to national chairman? 
That is another crack. That's another Kufredo repeating itself in your party. Sander, it's because it's an election. The party opened nominations. And two, four actually, mm-hmm. four party members thought that they can serve the party as chairman uh, of the party. And so they picked forms. They filled the forms. They went through vetting. The party vetting committee cleared them, and they are contesting They're as not candidates. Ordinary people. In well, the party. we don't. We don't they allow. Huge we don't allow ordinary people to hold our positions. Mm. You would have to have a certain stature to hold the position of of the party. Don't forget, we have had people like uh, late. A.A. Munufien, uh, Alaji uh, Isifu uh, uh, Ali. We've had Venerable Dr. Yawobe Dasamwa. We've had Dr. Kwabina Ajay. We have Sir uh, Dr. Kofi Potofi. And we've had uh, Dr. Ampofo. So we don't, it is not a position for any mean person. So if you have such stalwarts presenting themselves, we should be happy that we have such great men presenting themselves to be chairs of our party. I'm so happy that we have such material. Except At this that moment, this would divide your party. Well, that is some people's thinking. They, uh, we have the best of material. They are contesting after elections. We will deal with all issues that would have arisen through the campaign. Post. The last time you had the best of materials contesting, it was Nanda Kunidu Ajuman Rawlings against Professor John Evansata Mills. The consequence of that outcome in Sunyani well, was that a new party has been added to the list of parties in Ghana, the NDP. That was for a flag. Again, when flag it happened in Koforidua, you have already just repeated what happened, where Dr. Albert Asamoah um, uh, what's the name? The macho, the, not the macho. And, and you should you should add that mm. on both occasions the party went ahead and won the elections. So in 2005 mm-hmm. we went ahead and won the 2008 election. In 2011 we went ahead and won the 2012 elections. So it doesn't so, matter. So it, so it doesn't affect the party. Indeed, when the MPP won the elections. They have suspended their elected national chairman, mm-hmm. elected general secretary, elected vice chairman, and some other persons. Let's do some quick analysis, and I want you to do this without any biases. Your two people, I mean the two front runners for chairman, what are their strengths and weaknesses? Well, they, they have a, a lot of strengths. Uh, Sanda, because I am a member of the electoral committee, mm-hmm. it's so difficult, and I'm, I'm a voice in the party. Mm-hmm. If I start analyzing them now, mm-hmm. it may tilt in favor of one or against the other. So I want to shy away from really, but they have, they have good strengths mm-hmm. for the party, and the party people who are delegates know these two very well. What about if you tell me about their weaknesses alone and leave their strengths? But if I tell their weaknesses also, then I'm, I'm also dead. <laughs> so your thinking is that if Mosquito wins, there will be no problem. If Osa, um, not Osafumafo, if Osafumafo <laughs> wins, there will be no trouble. Sure. Either way, you think you come Sure. Even if uh, Niamash State wins, mm. there will be no problem. If, uh, there's another person also from Ashanti Radio. Uh, the, 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 the name is just escaping me. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, I don't remember yeah, too. Yeah. I will remember. And but I should. I shouldn't. You can. Uh, no, no. Uh, as, a, I should, no as a journalist, I should be able to mention. Uh, that. But, but as that, a former national officer, I should be able to. But no, if I'm no, not no, able no. to mention, also that it tells a lot. He, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he will not be happy with you. He will not be happy. With, I was going to say that too, but I was. How about general secretaryship? Um, you have three people going there too. Yeah. There are people who think that General Mosquito wants to be chairman and put his person, Peter Otokuno, as general secretary. If Mosquito fails to win and Otokuno wins, there will be a problem. If Mosquito wins and Otokuno fails to win, there will be a problem. These permutations, you know you what? You see, I've heard all these things. When people are going for elections, they say, oh, it is this one who wants to put that person in there. It is, for example, when I was going to run for uh, uh, 
of officers, deputy general secretary, and later even organizer. There were people who said, oh, President Rawlings is the one going to put me there. But if I tell you how I went about my campaign, sometimes there were other positions he had wished I had gone for and not what I chose to go to go for. So this whole thing about this one wants this person to contest for that. Me, I don't even want it to, to, to go into the minds of persons. We should analyze them individually. Who is the strongest and the right person to fill that vacuum? What is the problem of the party that we need the general secretary to fix now? Is it operational related? Is it administrative structure related to be able to support the operations? Who amongst them can do this? Is it uh, Comrade Fifikwete? Is it Comrade Elvis Afri Ankara or Comrade Dr. Otukono uh, would be the best persons to, to answer to that challenge, that vacuum that would have been created? Then we go for the person. It is better that we meet her than, oh, this one has worked. And after all, all these officers have worked with uh, uh, the general secretary before. Fifi was national propaganda secretary mm-hmm. at a certain point in time. Elvis was a deputy general secretary at a certain point in time. And Commodore Tukono <coughs> has also been a deputy general secretary for at least four years. He was an appointee in the previous uh, four years. Or so all of them have worked with uh, General Mosquito and Chairman of Oswampofo before. So Either anyone winning is not a problem. Anyone winning is not a problem. I don't see it as a problem. But you, don't, you won't tell us who your favorite is. Well, I have told you earlier that I'm a member of the elections committee. We are only seven uh. and we are responsible for this Congress. And so I have to, as much as possible, try and not be biased. And I have a choice. I, I have a vote okay. and I will be voting. Okay. But as much as possible, I would have to defray uh, from making public comments for or against any of the candidates. So let me help you. The man, the last person on the chairmanship list is Yao Eduse. Yao Eduse. Uh, Sorry, Yao Eduse, forgive me. Apologize properly uh, because uh, he will uh, not be happy for, with you. Forgive you, me. You think yeah, that you are biased. Yao Eduse has yeah, been a former, I think, deputy uh, minister. Uh, in, in oh, okay. the past, yeah. In Mills or a, I think under President Mills. Okay, okay. Under President Mills. Okay, Mr. Kofi Idrisu Adams. Idi Adams. Idi is Idrisu. No. Idi is they are, Idrisu. They are completely different. The Togo version is Idi, the Ghana version is Idrisu. Oh, okay. So, okay. You, which one do you prefer? So, maybe the Togo version. You are Togo list. Uh, it's the Togo version. <laughs> <laughs> Kofi Adams, MP for Buem, a member of the Interior Committee of Parliament, former spokesperson of the late Jerry Rollins. I'm Defense and Interior National Security. Okay. That's the name of the committee. Of the committee in Parliament. Okay, okay. former Rollins spokesperson. And a member of the Public Accounts Committee. Let me continue with my outro. The beneficiary of Rollins' text message to Victor Smith, Kofi Adams. Thank you so much for joining us for dinner. Okay. Well, I'm a beneficiary of so many things President Rollins has done in this country, including and not limited to the major democratic constitutional dispensation we are enjoying today. Otherwise, I will not be a member of Parliament. He made sure such institutions were created. The teacher turned politician, Kofi Adams. Well, Thank a you. lot of teachers have turned politicians, and they are great politicians. Yo, I, I salute all teachers out there. Yo, I hear. Thank you so much. Have Thank a, you for the opportunity. Have, have a good night. Good night.
And my name is Omaru Sandama. The production by Beverly London, Sami Wiafi, Fred Tete Jabano, Hansen Ajima. Technical support from Daniel Squashi. And there's also the new media team at Omni Media uh, Notice Board. I've been bringing you this broadcast live on Facebook. Thank you for listening to us. We'll be back tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. However, do know that we'll be bringing you exclusive coverage of the NDC Delegates Congress happening at the National Sports Stadium in Accra on Saturday here on City FM and on City TV. Good night. City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City 973.